Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And speaking of traveling the world, we're actually here in beautiful San Juan del Sur, which is in southern Nicaragua, overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And we're doing a homestay here for a week, learning a Spanish, uh, working on a business, and of course, uh, doing some uh, interviews as well with uh, guests from around the world. And we actually have one on the show today. And uh, he's a recently published author. Uh, so our guest today is uh, Joe Wilkins. And uh, Joe Wilkins has an amazing book all about wilderness exploration. It's called Gates of the Arctic National Park, 12 Years of Wilderness Exploration. And over these, uh, those 12 years, he actually traveled to Alaska and the region over 50 times. I repeat, over 50 times. And he's uh, quite an expert in the area of uh, wilderness exploration. So we're going to be finding out all about his trips, his travels, and uh, tips for you, everyone who's watching and listening on how you too can partake in the wilderness exploration. And we'll be covering the book as well. Uh, so Joe is actually from Illinois, but he's actually vacationing over in Arizona today. So Joe, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm just doing fine, Ricky, and yourself, sir. I am excellent as well. Uh, my head is hurting a little because I've just been learning Spanish for the last four hours, but I'm glad to be <laughs> in English again. <laughs> uh, that's wonderful dis discipline. Yes. So, Joe, uh, why don't we get to know you a little bit better? Firstly, if you want to do an introduction and share a little bit more about yourself, firstly. Sure. Um, I'm a, uh, a retired uh, professor, a professor emeritus technically from the uh, University of Illinois at Springfield. I retired in 2003. And uh, at that time, I um, uh, decided to um, uh, concentrate on uh, an area that I had been visiting for, uh, well, since 1966, and um, that's the Gates of the Arctic National Park. That's uh, Gates of the Arctic is not widely known, but it happens to be the second largest national park in the United States. It's uh, pristine wilderness. It is uh, the size of Switzerland, and it's surrounded by one of the largest wilderness areas in the entire world. So it literally is out there, and it's beautiful. It is magnificent, and uh, I uh, use many, many adjectives to describe it, and they're all wonderful. Sounds great. Sounds great. We're going to definitely... Ricky, I'm I'm I've lost sound. Can you hear me? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, oh, okay. but because we're here in Nicaragua, uh, we don't always have perfect Wi-Fi, so the Wi-Fi might cut in and out. But okay. that's that's we'll, uh, deal, we'll that's, deal with it. Yes, I that's the struggle. Moving, so, but I I missed what you said. Yeah, the, no, that's the struggles of life as a digital nomad, as a traveler. Is you're never going to have that consistent Wi-Fi, especially here. Oh. Central America, so apologies if we have any Wi-Fi. We'll, we'll deal with it, no problem. Exactly. exactly. So, Joe, uh, before we, we get into more exploration uh, this, uh, what the recent trips, maybe we can take it back to the beginning. When did you first get into this uh, unique part of travel, which is wilderness exploration? Take us back to the beginning, the origin story. How did you? Okay, absolutely. Well, you know, this really goes back to um, my fifth birthday, yeah, that was many, many, many years ago. But <laughs> yes. my mother gave me a book about Alaska, and um, uh, it was something entitled approximately "The Real Book of, About Alaska." Well, she would read me this book, and then, even you know, pretty soon I started learning uh, to read that book, and I 
immediately felt a draw, if you will, the allure of Alaska. And throughout my life, it held a lot of fascination for me. When I was a, um, uh, a young um, uh, military officer, I it was in the um, uh, Air Force, uh, I was sent to um, Arctic Wilderness Survival up in Alaska out of El uh, Elmendorf Air Force Base. And um, so that was my first opportunity to get out into the backcountry of Alaska, the uh, northern portion of Alaska. It's the Brooks Range area. And Gates of the Arctic uh, National Park uh, uh, it lies right in the center of the Brooks Range of Alaska. And uh, it's um, uh, a very demanding area. It's uh, you're, you, um, uh, people frequently say that self-sufficiency there is not desirable, it's mandatory because you're out there, you're living in the wilderness, you're surrounded by grizzly bears, wolves, um, moose, uh, many kinds of animals, musk oxen, for example, caribou, and you're out there and the, the, uh, the terrain is beautiful, the terrain is dangerous, the animals are dangerous, so you have to be trained and knowledgeable in it. So I um, have uh, been visiting this time. One time I was in the, uh, the little town of Bettles, Alaska, Bettles, and uh, that was in um, January of 1975. And they, uh, that uh, was, is memorable because that was the coldest temperature ever recorded there, which that's the, now the headquarters of Bettles, uh, of uh, the Gates of the Arctic Park. They're in Bettles, Alaska, but it was 72 degrees below zero. Wow. And so it was, it was quite, a, uh, quite an experience, quite beautiful little town. And uh, it's about 20 miles actually from the park. There are no roads that lead to this park. Um, uh, you have to fly in, you uh, get a, uh, you know, you, uh, make arrangements with a bush pilot to take you out and then to come back and get you. And it's a, uh, it's just a, a magnificent experience. It is just, this is wilderness like um, uh, Lewis and Clark, for example, saw when they were traveling across the country back in 1804 to 1806. This is wild wilderness, pristine, magnificent. Incredible, incredible. Uh, so tell us about uh, when you're going on your trips, uh, are you doing it mostly solo, uh, with family, in groups, or all of the above? Uh, usually, uh, usually solo, except um, for uh, about seven years, I guess, I was with, uh, I, I served as a, um, uh, a volunteer backcountry patroller with the National Park Service. In fact, the uh, chief ranger who is now retired of Gates of the Arctic National Park, he wrote the introduction to my book. And um, uh, I, I just simply cannot say enough good things about the um, uh, National Park Service. They are a magnificent organization. They really are out there to help people. And uh, usually uh, uh, one of my responsibilities when I was a volunteer backcountry patroller with them was to take the young rangers, you know, the um, uh, young folks who may be 28, 30 years old. They would have several years of working in national parks in the lower 48, such as, um, oh, uh, 
Glacier, Yellowstone, Yosemite and stuff. But everybody, uh, it seems like the Park Service likes to get up to this area up there. So the park has um, uh, the uh, unique position of being able to select the young rangers that they want. And frequently what they would do then when they get there, their first two weeks out in the bush, they would get me. And uh, I always had uh, two, um, uh, two orders. One, keep them alive. Two, teach them enough to stay alive when I'm not there. So uh, consequently, I've gotten to know many, many park rangers that are now scattered literally throughout the national park system. But uh, usually uh, when I'm out there, I'm out there um, um, alone. And uh, that makes for a very interesting uh, experience when you're, uh, as I say, surrounded by wild animals, magnificent beauty, and the next human being may be 100 miles, maybe 200 miles away. And uh, so you are on your own. <laughs> and of course, if you're on your own, uh, so to speak, because you have those animals, uh, you know, within breathing room uh, from you at any moment, uh, what are the dangers? Because uh, the, uh, the bears in the area, there's probably uh, insects and bugs and, uh, you know, uh, dangers uh, in terms of getting lost or uh, tell us about some of the safety issues. Sure. Uh, well, right up front, and uh, actually in, in uh, chapter one of my book, I, sh I uh, have some pictures of two different charges, uh, two different times that I was charged by a grizzly bear. And um, uh, so I was, uh, I was fortunate in that um, I not only took pictures of them, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing untoward happened. No, there's no damage to me, no damage to the bears. But that's that's one of those things that you need to learn. That's one of the things that I would spend time uh, uh, talking to the young rangers about. Um, uh, we all, uh, Park Service always has us carry um, uh, 12 gauge shotguns loaded with uh, rifled slugs, and we also carry um, uh, bear spray. It's about 10 times more potent than uh, uh, the spray that's used by law enforcement officers. So we always have that. I've never used either uh, in, um, in real life out there. But um, the real protection for someone out there is being able to, uh, from bears, is being able to read their body language. And they tell you with their body language just what they're going to do. You know, and there's many, many subtle signs, the hair on the back of their neck, the way they hold their head, the way they move their eyes, the way they uh, click their teeth or not, um, the way they walk stiff-legged or not. They broadcast what they're going to do. And uh, there's really only two reasons that a, a grizzly bear charges a person. One, it's coming to kill you. Or two, um, it's establishing its territory. It's showing that this is my territory, it's not yours. And uh, in both of those uh, cases where I had the, um, I took the pictures of the charging grizzly, I determined very quickly in a space of one or two heartbeats that this was a territorial charge, it was not predatory. So that's why I went ahead and took the pictures and it worked out well. Other Rick, oh, I'm sorry, we, we clicked off there for just a second. Um, uh, anyway, um, uh, other, other dangers that are out there, um, the weather, the weather is very changeable. It can drop uh, uh, 50 degrees or more almost at any time within a matter of minutes with just a change in the um, direction of the wind, um, uh, get a little more cloud cover, and it, uh, you can uh, have some very severe temperatures. So the weather, there are dangers from the... Um, uh, 
this, you know, this beautiful scenery itself. These are very rugged mountains. And um, so you have to be just very, very careful. You know, one of the things, uh, Ricky, about the, uh, those mountains that's uh, kind of interesting, not widely known, on the tops of some of these mountains, um, uh, and these are, you know, just a short distance in from the Arctic Ocean, there are fossils. And the fossils of um, the um, uh, coral that was formed in warm seas, uh, you know, thousands of miles away. And over the, over the uh, eons, over the millennia, the, with the movement of the tectonic plates, these have moved from where they were, where the, these fossils were formed, from warm seas to the top of a mountain up in the northern Arctic. It's kind of amazing. So you can see these things; they're out there. Incredible, incredible! Uh, definitely need to grab the book because there's so many rich stories and experiences that you've encountered there. I would love to hear a little bit more about the logistics. Uh, so, how do you actually? Right. Travel in the area in terms of transportation, navigation, uh, you know, uh, the gear you're taking. Walk us through some of the logistics of uh, sure. what sure. are you taking uh, in and how are you getting around? Yeah, exactly. The, uh, uh, normally the way, uh, uh, I'll fly in one way or the other um, uh, to this little town of Bettles that I mentioned before. Uh, there are actually two little uh, uh, villages there, Bettles and Evansville. But uh, Bettles is the one that's more, more um, uh, commonly known. That's where the uh, park headquarters is located. You have to fly there because it's an isolated community. For a, sometimes a month or so in the winter, there's an ice road that will reach that. But by and large, um, uh, you have to fly in there. You could fly in from uh, various places, you know, like Fairbanks or Anchorage or whatever. So you fly first. You fly into uh, Bettles, and there you uh, there are usually uh, two or three. Um, I call them fixed base operators, FBOs, and those are the places where you can hire a, uh, a bush pilot and a bush plane, and uh, from there, you, um, uh, they will fly you out. You need to know where you're going. There are maps and stuff that are available, and um, so that's, that's normally the way you do it, and, and you take along all of your gear. You're basically, uh, you're living out of a, a backpack. You're backpack can uh, weigh 70, 75 pounds. You have all of your gear that you uh, need to take. You have, uh, of course, you have a, a sleeping bag. You have a pad. You have a, um, um, a tent. You have, you take your food you, and um, you, um, uh, uh, you, of course, have a stove and, and, and stuff like this. So it's very easily uh, you get up to 70, 75 pounds. And that's what you um, that's what you uh, live on out there. The uh, the longest time I was out there, uh, and I was on the uh, Colville River, which is just, technically just a little north northwest of the um, uh, of the park itself. I was out for five weeks, uh, myself and one other guy, and we took a canoe down uh, the Colville River, down uh, out of the DeLong Mountains, down toward the uh, Arctic Ocean. Anyway, that's basically the way uh, the way they all work. That's kind of the outline of, of getting there, and um, uh, it's uh, it takes some planning, it takes some logistics, and uh, it works real well. It's it's a fantastic experience. I would, uh, people, uh, one of the questions that I frequently get is, do you recommend that people go there? And of course I do. I think, it's, I think that's a wonderful opportunity for anyone who is interested in the wilderness and in, um, in seeing what a pristine wilderness area really looks like. But uh, of course you have to prepare for it. You have to um, um, 
do various things. And I always say, if you can't go to the Arctic uh, wilderness immediately right now, for whatever reason, visit the wilderness that's near you. And um, I, um, uh, that's the wilderness next door, I guess, so to speak. And I, I, I just encourage people to get out and visit wilderness areas. I've traveled all over uh, Europe, uh, visited national parks and similar areas all over Europe. I have in Asia and in, in several places. And uh, this world is just such an incredible place. I was um, uh, listening to you talk about your trip around the world and the ex explorations that you're having. And, you know, that's not unlike mine. Mine uh, tend to be, uh, these have been a little more perhaps challenging, uh, but um, uh, exploring our world is such a wonderful experience. Yeah, so we, we definitely have different types of challenges. I'm not being chased by grizzly bears, but I'm chased by three young ones. I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old that we're traveling with. So a whole bunch yeah. of different logistical challenges we're traveling with kids. And of course, the, the, the language issues and uh, tech issues and the checking and checking out. So there's going to be uh, amazing experiences, but also challenges. And it's important to highlight both, uh, both yeah. the, the good things, the peaks, and then also the valleys, the downtimes, the struggles as well. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, my wife and I, we've been married for a little over uh, 51 years now. We have two children. And uh, so we've experienced all of the challenges of child raising. We had our, our kids. We took them, like not at all unlike you're doing, we took our children around the world, getting to know other nations, other people, other cultures, and uh, they still do that. They're, they're adults in their own professions now, but they, uh, they are still interested in, in doing things like that. And uh, it's, uh, that's, a, that's a wonderful way to raise children. I, I, I commend you for what you're doing. Uh, thank you. Thank you for your kind words. And I'm sure when they get older, we'll be exploring a little bit more of the wilderness, uh, more of the backpacking, the outcountry type of travel as well. Uh, so you mentioned that uh, you know you would recommend people going uh, uh, to the park there, but uh, tell us about the preparation. So one of the obvious things is obviously to get a copy of books so you can uh, 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 read the book. But uh, what would you recommend in terms of preparation um, and planning uh, to do a, and to take a trip such as this? Sure, absolutely. And there and uh, this is not a, a going to a park like Gates of the Arctic. Um, uh, it's not something that you do on a whim. You really do have to prepare for it. And uh, of course, I think the uh, this is actually the first book that's ever been written about this magnificent park. The second largest park in the nation. It's never had a book written about it before. So wow. I, I would certainly uh, one recommend the book. It has it has some just beautiful uh, photographs in it. Not because of my skill, just because the subjects were so magnificent. But uh, reading, uh, reading about it, and this is the, um, uh, the only book ever written about Gates of the Arctic itself, but reading uh, about uh, uh, other uh, national parks, reading about other wilderness explorers, um, uh, Robert Marshall, back in the 1920s and 1930s, explored this area. He received his doctorate from Johns Hopkins uh, University, and he wrote um, uh, some at that time. One, one of his was, uh, books was about a little town, Wiseman, Alaska, which is uh, uh, very near uh, what is now Gates of the Arctic National Park, and um, it was called Arctic Village. But doing, uh, doing the reading, doing the research, uh, get a good map. 
uh, and there's literally only one um, map of about, it's a National Geographic map of the National Park. Um, uh, uh, get to know the areas that are out there. There are six wild and scenic um, rivers uh, that are officially designated as uh, uh, wild and scenic. There's, um, there are um, uh, uh, s s many areas of mountains, the Aragetch Peaks, in fact, on the cover of the book, it's a rather uh, beautiful um, um, uh, picture, and that's in the middle of the Aragetch Peaks. It's a uh, very remote, challenging um, uh, area, and um, it's a, um, uh, the more, the more the one reads about um, uh, uh, the areas, the parks, I recommend that uh, you get to know um, uh, 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 the literature about backpacking, hiking. You have to be physically fit to be out there. And um, uh, there's, there's uh, just getting to, know, getting to know the literature, getting to know it, read the stuff. It's fun doing the research. And then when you actually go there, it is uh, an awesome experience. It is every, every day is scintillating. And so we, and I am uh, probably not unlike you. I love all of my little uh, electronic toys. I love my iPhone, my iPad, my laptop. You know this this kind of technology. But when you're out there, there is no access. You, you uh, carry a satellite phone. That's the only communication device that works out there. Cell phones don't work. Nothing works out there. And that's uh, that release from our modern civilization is wonderful too. As much as I love all of these toys, I love being out there. And the only thing I'm concerned about is the environment around me. Yeah, and it's a very healthy to uh, detach from our technology because a lot of us are very addicted to it. Uh, so yeah. very important to just enjoy uh, the beauty uh, of this world that we all live in, Joe. And uh, you're definitely a, a great example of that. Uh, so I'd love to cover the book. Uh, so uh, you've mentioned it is the uh, only book written about the park, uh, which is amazing right. in itself. And uh, it's also become an Amazon bestseller. Uh, tell us about when you actually conceived of the idea to actually turn all of your experiences, your stories, your memory right. into actually book form. When did that first cross your mind? Okay. Uh, I, I had thought about it uh, some, but where I actually made the decision, you know, we're talking about going around the world. I, uh, uh, El, Camino de Santi uh, uh, El Camino de Santiago Compostela, it's a trail across uh, uh, Southern France, Northern Spain, it's through the Pyrenees Mountains. I, uh, I uh, walked this, uh, the Camino, backpacked it actually, uh, from Lourdes, France to um, uh, Santiago, Spain. It was 675 miles. Most of it uh, is, is very remote and I did it all by myself. And that's where I really did some serious thinking about, well, uh, should I uh, really get, uh, put in the blood, sweat, and tears to write a book about these experiences that I'd been having in Alaska? And uh, I thought about it throughout that whole trip. I finished up uh, the uh, uh, Camino and said, I'm going to do it. And my wife, of course, was enormously helpful to me. And um, she was a librarian. And um, so... Uh, it was a joint effort. It was a joint effort, but it was. But that's when I uh, made the uh, decision uh, while I was walking this 675 mile trek across uh, France and Spain. Awesome. So tell us a little uh, about uh, kind of the steps involved. Uh, I've written a book as well, and I know how hard it is, and how laborious it is, and how easy yep, yep. it is 
they procrastinate and never actually get it done. They say uh, there's a stat or something that uh, most people want to write a book, but uh, literally less than a one percent of the world has actually physically uh, have a book published. So uh, you know, yeah. we're one of the few, Joe, uh, anyone who's a published author. So tell us about uh, you know you had the idea, you made a decision when you went to Camino. Uh, to actually write the book and then walk us through the the process of getting that book from your mind onto your keyboard and then getting it published. Walk us through the book publishing process. Sure. Uh, yeah. Basically, what I did was I, I uh, over the years I had taken notes, uh, you know, for myself and and all of these. Uh, as I say, there are six wild and scenic rivers. I was down all six of those. I visited almost all of the areas of the park. And while I was doing that, I I took notes. I took notes. And I think the, um, perhaps the most, and I, of course, took, you know, thousands of pictures, thousands and thousands of pictures. Um, and um, putting those um, um, pictures together with the notes, uh, it was, it, the, the logistics of it were um, uh, sometimes uh, uh, staggering, but it, uh, it was just a process of just getting through it and um, uh, talking and thinking about how to uh, how to organize it, and uh, I broke it up into six different chapters. I uh, uh, then I started putting uh, uh, the uh, different uh, portions of the book together, and to put the pictures together, and uh, it all just seemed to make sense. And I uh, got a publisher and did it, and it all did. And uh, well, and the Result is right there. <laughs> you I'm, I'm very sound. pleased. I'm very pleased with it. Very pleased. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Great to hear. Great to hear. Uh, so, tell us about the final uh, book. Uh, so, you got it published. It's become an Amazon seller. Tell us about uh, maybe uh, how you've broken it down, or some of the chapters, or the outline sure. itself. Sure. Uh, well, chapter one uh, is kind of an overview of the uh, of the park itself, uh, uh, gates of the Arctic National Park. And uh, then chapter two is a um, is devoted to um, uh, a three week backpacking trip into the uh, Aragach Peaks, and uh, so it's entitled "Backpacking into the Aragach." Uh, then chapter three, I um, I uh, break down that the uh, six rivers, the six wild and scenic rivers, and then I break them down. You know, uh, break that chapter down. Uh, by those six rivers. Then four, I go into um, the um, um, uh, rivers and lakes. There are lots of, lots of rivers and small, or smaller uh, rivers and lakes scattered throughout. And then um, uh, chapter five, I, I uh, break into uh, uh, some other kind of miscellaneous areas. And then chapter six, uh, maybe it was kind of, for me, was one of the most fun parts. I talk about remarkable people who live and work in the Arctic. And uh, over all of the years that I uh, was um, up there involved with you know, the Park Service and a lot of other people, too, I met just some fabulous people. So I talk about those people. And then at the end, I have just a short epilogue. It's only four or five pages long that I kind of sum it up. And um, uh, the title uh, of, of that epilogue uh, was meaningful for me. It's called A Time to Dance. And uh, it's uh, it's taken from an uh, Inupiat Eskimo uh, 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 proverb that says when you walk on thin ice you might as well dance and and i said for me this it was years of, ex of exploring the wilderness there 
for me were a time to dance. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, sounds like an incredible book. Uh, you've also mentioned, uh, besides uh, writing the book, you've uh, included your photography on, on uh, like, for example, on the cover and in the book and on your website. Tell us about how you're able to capture such an amazing place, because uh, as travelers, we want to capture that through our writing and through our social media and through photography and videography. Tell us about maybe some of the tips you've, uh, you've personally uh, undergone to capture oh, yeah. the, uh, the park there. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things uh, I always recommend to people when they're uh, getting into photography is spend the, uh, spend the money, uh, spend the necessary money to get a good high quality camera. And uh, it's a, um, um, that's kind of basic. You get, uh, and anymore, that's not really expensive. The, the um, um, cost of uh, a, um, Good camera, I've, I've reduced dramatically. The technology is so much easier. But then uh, uh, the next thing I recommend to people is that they take a lot of pictures. Take pictures because we all, everybody messes up some. So take a lot of them. If you think if you think it's, it's a pretty good one, take two or three or four. <laughs> and then, then, then later when you have a little spare time, you could pick the best one. But take a lot of pictures, take a lot of pictures. Awesome, awesome. Uh, definitely. And uh, take a lot and then delete a lot. And that's uh, the beauty of the day and age we live in is it's all digital. You don't have to carry around films, uh, worry right. about losing them. It's all digital. You can uh, take and delete very easily. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so it's been incredible to have you on the show here, Joe. So if people wanted to grab a copy of the book and also maybe ask you some follow-up questions that we never got to cover here on this particular episode, uh, tell us about how they can find you online through your website and also connect with you. Uh, sure. Um uh, uh, my website is joesalaskabook.com, and um, uh, my uh, email address is gatesofthearcticbook at gmail.com. All right, and I'll, I'll actually have those links below, uh, so make sure you uh, grab a copy of the book. Uh, uh, tell us about how, so how can they uh, purchase the book? Would you prefer them to get it through the website, through Amazon, at a local bookshop? Tell us about the different ways people can grab a copy. Sure, you can, get, you can get those at any place. And one of the things I should point out, Ricky, and it's on the back of the book, but all the net proceeds from the sale of this book are, will be donated to a, um, uh, a scholarship fund that I established in 2003 when I retired from the university. They're for needy veterans and uh, her students at the uh, university. And since then, uh, 14 years since I retired, that uh, scholarship fund has been... Uh, uh, awarding scholarships um, uh, to needy veterans, and it's you know it's amazing, Ricky. The the letters that they send. Of course, I have no role in you know picking the recipients. The university uh, they they've established that, but the the recipients. Uh, almost always write me letters and uh, of appreciation. And that is, uh, those, those letters are just absolutely wonderful. They are just uh, uh, so uh, emotional and appreciative. So anyway, that's, the, um, uh, that's where the uh, 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 net proceeds of the book will be going. And uh, this, this book is what uh, in, in the business they call a, um, uh, uh, it's a book that will be lasting for, um, uh, many years, likely, you know, there's never, as I say, there's never been another one written before. So this one is going to last a long time. And, you know, whether people buy it from, um, from Amazon, from my, uh, from my website, uh, uh, other bookstores around, it's getting around uh, quite a lot, but uh, 
I, I just recommend buy the book and, uh, and, and the money uh, will be going to a good, a good cause too. There you go. Everyone wins. Uh, you win as a reader because you're going to get inspired to travel and to, uh, you know, obviously be educated there. And of course, uh, the, the, the veterans win. And uh, yeah, and then of course, uh, you're inspiring people to visit this uh, unique part of the world that we all live in. So, Joe, it was definitely a pleasure and an honor to interview you here on the show. And I'm definitely wishing you the best with the book. And uh, we'll look forward to catch up with you soon again, Joe. Okay, absolutely. Ricky, you enjoy your trip. Enjoy your uh, family. You have a fabulous family there, and you're taking them on a wonderful experience. So uh, I greatly admire you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for those kind words. I definitely uh, admire what you've done as well. So uh, we're kindred spirits here and a passion Indeed. for travel, not only for ourselves, but for our families and inspiring others to see this incredible planet that we have the, the pleasure and the joy of exploring. So once again, uh, make sure you check out Joe's website. It's uh, Joe's, um, uh, Joe, uh, say it again, the website. Joe'sAlaskaBook.com. Uh, yes. Yes, make sure you check out joesalaskabook.com and make sure you grab a copy of Gates of the Arctic National Park, 12 Years of Wilderness Explorers, Exploration, either through Joe's website, through Amazon, or through any of your local bookshops. So I'll actually have those links below. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure you follow us along as well. We're daddyblogger.com. And happy travels, everyone.